Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. There's a recent poll from the Wall Street Journal that's gotten a good deal of attention. Uh, it's picking up trends that in some ways don't surprise us, but it's the degree of change that I think has uh, concerned some people. The poll, which the journal conducted, was along with the National Opinion Research Center, very, again, very highly uh, esteemed uh, research organization. And according to this new poll, only 38% of Americans today say that patriotism is very important to them, compared to 70% in 1998. That's a very significant uh, difference. And we can take a look at the role of religion in Americans' lives, too. There's lots of interesting questions here. But with me, to help us understand what's what's to be taken at face value and what's to be held at arm's length in this survey, we've got uh, Dr. Mark Movsesian. He's professor of contract law at St. John's University in New York, where he also co-directs the Center for Law and Religion. He's been a visiting professor at Notre Dame and Cardozo Law Schools. He's delivered papers at numerous workshops in the United States and Europe and serves uh, on the board of editors uh, of the Journal of Law and Religion. And he posts regularly at First Things and Law and Religion Forum and Liberty of Law and, Liber- and Library of Law and Liberty. And uh, Mark, it's good to have you here. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad to be back again. Let's let's look at this. Uh, I mean, when this when this survey was published uh, what a week or two ago, a lot of people were wringing their hands. I mentioned one number: thirty eight percent of Americans today say that patriotism is very important to them, compared to seventy percent in nineteen ninety eight. That's a big, big difference. When you yes, looked at this survey, what do you think we should keep in mind as we look at these disparate numbers? Okay, well, well, first, Al, I would say that they are very disparate numbers, and they are quite shocking when you think about it. That's a huge change in just the short, relatively short yeah. period of time. And I wanna, I'll get into that in just a second, but, but I do think it's important for your listeners to know that there are at least some potential problems with this poll that might make the differences you know, less severe than they at first seem. I should say that NORC, which is the organization you mentioned at the University of Chicago, that worked on this poll with the Wall Street Journal, they're very well regarded. They do the, genu- the general social survey uh, every couple of years, and mm-hmm. that's considered the gold standard. But there are some issues here. I mean, most glaringly, the response rate in this poll was only something like 4%. So only 4% of the people who were given the poll responded. Really? Now, and, what do we normally uh, want with a, a response? What, what percentage? Well, was- I can just... Yeah, I can just tell you the general social survey that I mentioned a second ago, that's like traditionally around 60%. Response 60. Rate. So this is, right, this is very low. Now, now to be fair, to be fair, pollsters nowadays would say that a low response rate isn't really fatal in terms of reliability because the pollsters have now better techniques of sampling to make sure that, you know, representative group of people is answering the polls. So, mm-hmm. okay. But even so, that's, it's a low response rate, and that might make you question a little bit. Also, you know, when you're comparing the poll in 1998 until today, in 1998, the poll was conducted by telephone interview, whereas today it's being conducted online. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, telephone interviews, people might be reluctant to really reveal what they think. So 
if someone asks you on the phone, do you care about community involvement or do you care about your country, right? <laughs> you might say yes, even if you don't really, because right. you'll be embarrassed to tell someone. But if it's online, you might, you know, be honest and say, I don't care about my community, right? <laughs> so, so, uh, so, you know, the difference might not be quite as stark. But okay. all that being said, all that being said, you're quite right. These are, these are eyebrow-raising numbers, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and they're also consistent, and as I, I'm sorry, Al, they're consistent with other trends that people have seen in our society. They're not, they're not so shocking if you look at other trends in our society. Yeah. Talk to me about uh, what we can learn about the state, present state of uh, Americans' relationship to, quote, religion. Yeah, well, that's another number that's quite low. I think in 1998, it was in the high 60s when they asked people, is your religion important to you? How, how important is religion to you? I think 60% or so said, um, you know, very important. Mm-hmm. And now it's only like 38% say very important. So that's been a big drop, too. And that really isn't that surprising, because there's been a lot of very good research on the so-called rise of the nuns. Right, And that's not nuns like Catholic nuns, that's nuns like N-O-N-E-S. That is, they tell people, when people ask them, what is your religion, they say none. Right. right? And so these are the religiously unaffiliated. And that number, the, the percentage of Americans who are religiously unaffiliated since 1990 has gone up from like 5% to like 30%. And wow. those are, that's in the general social survey, where the response rate is quite good. Yeah. And so those are pretty strong numbers. Um, now, and, you know, so we're we're seeing a massive religious disaffiliation. Do those does that just refer to institutional disaffiliation, or is it also reflective yeah. of internal attitudes? In other words, I'm not associated with a church, but you know, I still believe in God. I still pray. It's more the latter. So okay. the large the large percentage of the nuns, I think it's like four fifths of them, maybe would say that they still believe in God in some sense. They're, they're just checking out of organized religion. Yeah. They don't want to belong to any institution. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we, what do we learn here about involvement in other, uh, like voluntary associations, uh, you know, people, members of volunteer fire departments, or uh, do they go to soup kitchens to work? Do we know how they... Uh, work out with the charitable organizations? Yeah, that's a very good point, too. So, so religious organizations, that's just, one organi- that's just one sort of organization from which people are checking out. Mm-hmm. But they're checking out more broadly from all those other organizations you mentioned, too. And here I'll mention a groundbreaking book. Of, it's now like 20 years ago, but it's been, it's been re-edited and republished, a uh, revised edition, called Bowling Alone. Right. Some of your listeners may have heard of this. This sure. is a sociologist at Harvard who did the research and found that people are really checking out of all of these. You know, we used to be a nation of joiners. Americans were famously, you know, they'd sign up for volunteer ambulance and community hospitals and, you know, the Elks Club and all this kind of thing. Um, And we're just not doing that anymore. People have stopped doing those things, too. Um, You know, we we surf the Internet and we, you know, we, we do things like that, but we're we're not we're not joining anymore. And so it's not just religion. Religion is one, but it's others too. Yeah, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder what what is happening. In 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 other words, is there a way of looking at these shifts in uh, attitude and 
attributing them to some grand trend in American culture? Well, I think so. I mean, I can, I, in that article you mentioned a little while ago in the Library of Law and Liberty, I wrote about this. So, you know, what we're seeing here is actually uncanny. Some of your readers may know of this, too. In the, in the 19th century, early 19th century, about 200 years ago, a very perceptive French aristocrat named Alexis de Tocqueville came to the United States to do a survey, and he traveled around the country. He wrote a book about it called Democracy in America, mm-hmm. which really is one of the best sociology books about America ever written. Yeah. And what he said is, you know, America is an egalitarian democracy, and Americans do not like hierarchy. They don't like status. Each of us thinks that he or she can decide for himself what's right, what's the right thing to do. And so he said, therefore, there's a real tendency to what he called individualism, which is a little different than what we think. He, for him, individualism was people just check out from the wider world and just tend to their own stuff. They, they do their own stuff. Maybe they think about maybe their small circle of family and friends, but they're just not interested in the wider world. He said that's the natural tendency of America. Now, he said, Americans have been able to counteract that through these voluntary associations, like churches, like um, like volunteer ambulance corps, like, well, in those days it would have been volunteer fire, right? Mm-hmm. Or the public library, the, conscript, the subscription library, all these things. He said, Americans are able to come together in these groups, and that that militates against this tendency to just drift off on their own and, you know, forget about the wider society. And I think... What you see happening now is, as these, as these organizations like churches and, you know, bowling groups, Elks Clubs, mm-hmm. you know, all these things, mm-hmm. as they decline, you know, people are becoming more what Tocqueville said we would be, which is, you know, into our own stuff, you know. Um, and, oh, by the way, you forgot to mention, or you didn't forget, excuse me, you didn't mention something in the poll. One value has gone up since 1998, and that is money. <laughs> Money has gone up as a value for people <laughs> since 1998. But, you know, Al, it all fits together, right? Because because if you have money, you don't need to cooperate right. with other people. You That's can just right. buy what you want. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, tolerance has gone down since 1998. Hmm. Well, you know, one, well, which is kind of incredible when you think about the kind of unrelenting <laughs> focus on inclusion <laughs> all the time. That's right. We are less tolerant. We're less tolerant. But, but think about that, right? Because, you know, if you're in the, if you're in a church... I'm sure many of your listeners are involved in parishes or, mm-hmm. or synagogues or whatever. Sure. You have to learn to tolerate other people, right? right? I mean, you don't like this person that much. You work with him or her because you have a common goal, and you kind of learn to be patient. Well, if, you're not, if you don't have that practice of, you know, being patient with people and tolerating and working together, you become less and less interested in it. So tolerance becomes less important to you. So I think you put it all together. What I what, what I wrote in that essay is, you know, Tocqueville was right a couple hundred years ago. He yeah. saw what what could happen in America. What did he see was the danger? What was the potential for danger of this uh, individualism? What what kind well, of problems was, would it create for us? He said it could create big problems, two big problems: uh, tyranny, but tyranny of two kinds. He thought first it would increase the authority of the central state. Because as you had less and less in the way of competing allegiances, um, people would come to invest everything in the state and look to the government to do everything. And of course, we do see some of that. I mean, the centralization of government is there. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but but it is there. People rely more and more on government. 
And the second thing is interesting, too. He said, it's also the tyranny of public opinion. <laughs> because, you know, what he said is individuals, individuals really can't resist public opinion. You know, you, you'll be squashed. You'll be, in today's terms, you'll be canceled. Right. But groups of people, groups of people can kind of stick together and they can resist public opinion, you know? Mm. So he said individualism was actually very dangerous because it would lead to both of those things. Very good, Mark. Excellent. Thank you so much. Good talking with you again. Thanks for having me. Mark Mubzessian is professor of contract law at St. John's University. We'll have the uh, his uh, blog post from lawliberty.org. Uh, it really does give great insight into this recent survey. I'm Al Cresta. We'll be back 